freedom doesn't need to be fight. If we fight for freedom, that's some freedom given by an authority. The really real, authentic freedom comes from our mind. We don't need to fight for that. We just need to shift our mindset. In the last few years, it was like a challenge for humanity to shake off our fear. And I do see more and more people awaken from that experience. When they see how the meteors manipulate us, how the government is treating their people, then they start to wake up. I believe they must go through those speed bumps in order to see that, to see that's not the truth. Welcome to the Staying Free Podcast. In this episode, I spoke with Sean Young. Sean is a registered Chinese medicine practitioner and natural therapist specializing in acupuncture and herbal medicine. He's also a registered yoga teacher and has worked all over the world, including Hong Kong, India, Malta, Brazil, and Mexico, combining traditional Chinese medicine with ancient plant medicine and shamanic traditions. So I met Sean earlier in the year in Puerto Vallarta after hearing that his holistic clinic was one of the ones in the area which accepted Bitcoin. And when I heard about this, I decided that that would be the place I go because I always like to support local businesses accepting Bitcoin. So I went over there and had my acupuncture treatment. And during that time, I got talking to Sean about his experiences and his travels and his perspectives on life and philosophy. And I just thought that he was a really, really interesting guy and had a lot of very interesting ideas worth sharing. So I decided that at some point I was going to have a conversation with him for the podcast. So I actually went into his clinic to have this conversation and I had recorded this whole thing with video. But as always seems to be the case when I try to do these conversations in person, I had some technical difficulties and it turned out that one of the cameras didn't work. So unfortunately, that also meant that I lost the main microphone, which was feeding into that one. However, I really, really did not want to lose this conversation. So I kind of went to town on trying to recover it. And with the help of a few AI tools, I actually managed to recover the audio for this conversation quite well. So it's not quite up to the audio standards, which I would hope for, but it's not bad. And although the video didn't work out in the end, I'm really glad that I'm able to at least bring you this conversation as an audio episode. All right, as always, if you enjoy the episode, make sure you give it a like and a share on social media. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, make sure you give it a five-star rating in whichever podcast app you're using. If you're new here, then welcome. Do give the pod a subscribe for future episodes. Please consider supporting my work. You can do this in several ways. You can use the link below to give me a donation on Buy Me A Coffee. You can also give Bitcoin tips there as well, both on-chain and via the Lightning Network. And remember, you can now support the show and help me grow by listening on Fountain App. That's available on both iOS and Android. You can share your thoughts on this episode or simply say thanks by sending some stats with a comment. Getting started is super easy. All you need to do is top up your Fountain wallet with a bank card or using the Lightning Network. And you can also earn stats just by listening on Fountain and being an active member of the community. So you can use my code in the description to start using Fountain today. Just a quick thanks to those who supported me in the last episode. Piers boosted 5,000 stats, saying, Another banger. Only been listening for two episodes and I'm extremely grateful for finding your show. Thank you for this great content. Thank you, Piers. And I got a nice little comment as well from someone with the username, username 404, who boosted 100 stats, saying, great show, the title says it all, keep it up. Thank you for those comments, keep them coming, and as always, any way that you're able to support the show is hugely appreciated. All right, on to the episode. Okay. Fun. Welcome to my podcast and thank you for welcoming me into your holistic clinic. Thank, thank you. you. So yeah, obviously just for a bit of background for my listeners as to like how we met, uh, I came in here for like an acupuncture session 
not knowing at that point that you did a lot in the realm of plant medicine. And plant medicine is something I've been talking about more and more on my podcasts. And I definitely think that plant medicine ties in a lot to freedom and the idea, especially of like spiritual freedom. It seems to be a bit of a revival in the area of things like plant medicine. I think people in the absence of the kind of traditional institutions doing their job, people are turning to alternative paths. And I think that plant medicine is like a really key one. So before we dive into all that stuff, do you want to just give my listeners a bit of an introduction as to yourself? Right, sure. Uh, my name is Fong and in Chinese, it means the wind. So I connect with the wind, connect with like everything just flow in since my childhood. And I believe that I, in my, when I grew up, I would just fly in, in different parts of the world. So I left, I, I was born in Hong Kong. Most of my family are still in Hong Kong. Uh, but I left Hong Kong in 2011, uh, to travel around the world. So I spent like 10 years traveling around the world. Um, my background is a Chinese medicine doctor. I studied Chinese medicine in the university and it really gave me a lot of, uh, tools to use when I was traveling. I can just bring my needles, bring my uh, cupping cups and massage oil. And I do a lot of healing whenever I go. Um, and when I was in India, I learned about yoga and I became a yoga teacher in 2014 and I was teaching yoga for some time. And in 2016, I came across uh, plant medicine. My first four ayahuasca ceremony was just open up my whole mind and body to connect with the bigger self. And since then my life changed completely. And I was just connected to the, to the abundance of the universe. And I no longer worry about too much about how can I survive? How can I, how can I earn money? I was just connect with the abundant source of the universe and it just provide me what I need. And and then I went into the Amazon jungle to find my teachers, um, a few years back. And that also made me realize that, wow, is plant medicine or psychedelic. It's not just about, uh, the feeling, but it's about a lot about connecting with your ancestor, connecting with your past lives, connecting with, um, the aliens, the animal spirits, the plant spirits. And with that period of time, when I studied with my teachers, she taught me a lot about these things and I, uh, and also how to cultivate the medicine, how to respect the medicine, how to sing the song, how to lead the ceremony. And when I come to Mexico, I'm, I start to implement all of the, my knowledge, uh, also with my healing backgrounds to put, uh, my healing, uh, more, uh, modalities all together into a more holistic and authentic healing. Okay. Nice. So when you, it sounds like this all started after you'd already started traveling, were you already into plant medicine before you started traveling? Absolutely not. When I was in Hong Kong still, or the first part of the first five years of my travel, I was still seeing plant medicine as drugs to get high because I, I saw people doing that 
And I was not called to do that at that moment. And, and when the time comes in 2016, uh, I was start to realize that, wow, it's not just about getting high or, or, or the sensations is more, more, it made me realize there are more depth about that. Okay. So when you were kind of like growing up and stuff, were you always different in that sense? Or, you know, was it not until you actually went traveling that your mind was expanded into these areas? Were you, were you always a bit of like, a, I guess, like stood out amongst your like friends or family? Yeah, I was always an outcast. Although I do very well in in school, uh, but I always don't feel like I belong to Hong Kong. It's a really um, big cities, and all the people are just working, 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 and non-stop working workaholics. Well, my parents are workaholics. All my friends are, and I don't see myself uh, living forever in that city. Uh, I, I remember I asked my parents when I was really young and I said, can we, st can, can we actually not work and we still live happily? And they don't, they don't know how to answer me. And, and also in Chinese men mentality, we need to work, we need to work, keep working and keep studying. Uh, but, the, but then when I saw my professor in the university, it was just like, working 20 hours a day and doing all this paperwork and research and in order to keep their, their title. And then I asked myself, even though I have the opportunity to become a professor, to study postgrad, I, I asked myself, do I really want that life? As it, it's a very clear no. When I ask my heart is like, no, no, no way that I'm just doing uh, or working for somebody else. So I decided to just quit everything in 2011 and, and start travel. How did you get the kind of courage to do that? Because I find that tapping into that, tapping into that innate thing of saying, no, I'm going to make, I'm going to make the decision on my own outside of what everyone's telling me, I'm going to go against the grain. It takes like quite a lot of courage and normally you have to do a lot of inner work before you even get to that point. Mm. Is that inner work that you felt like you'd already done or was it just a very intuitive thing for you? Well, at that moment. More than 10 years ago, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I was just like a 20 something year old man and I didn't have family and my job was my career was just starting and I don't have a very big responsibility to my family. So it gave me the opportunity to just explore and my family did provide me that uh, foundation to let me and my brothers explore. And I, I feel very grateful for that. And also more than 10 years ago, not those terms of inner work or, or uh, self-realization was not, was not that popular, but I think my courage came from my soul. I would just want to get out from this matrix and, and explore and develop myself as a better individual, a better spirits to to serve the world i know that from my heart even when i was like three years old my grandfather asked me what do i want to do in my life or when i grew up and i said i want to be a doctor and then i pursued my career to become a doctor and 
I now when I think back, I felt like it's something that uh, inherited from my past lives, and I, a few of my spiritual friends also told me that I was a healer for several lifetimes. So I'm just carrying on doing this, what what I'm good at, and that also give, and Chinese medicine actually also give me a flexibility to do wherever I go. And I'm really also deeply grateful for this medicine. So with, with um, Chinese medicine, I only really know of Chinese medicine from a Western perspective of traveling and, you know, it's something that I generally seek out because I've had good successes with it. In China, is that the prevailing form of medicine or is it kind of like more of an ancient form of medicine which still exists to some extent? Like how popular is it in China right now? Well, now nowadays they integrate Chinese medicine, traditional medicine, and the modern medicine in a hospital. Whichever hospital you, you find in China, you can find both of them. And during my practical year in Guangzhou, I saw the benefit of complementing the, uh, these two medicines together that, for example, people are going for a surgery, uh, removing part of their organs, and then right after they uh, finished the surgery, the doctor gave them Chinese herbal medicine for them to recover faster. And I saw the effect that really works, and the, the patient doesn't need to suffer that much, long time, after the surgery, and they recover very, very quick. So I... I do think that these two medicines, the traditional and the modern medicine, both have their own benefits and advantage. And and that's why I, even though I'm practicing traditional medicine, but when my patient really needs surgery, I would, I would suggest them not to uh, ignore all the modern medicine. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Why, why do you think that Chinese medicine is not more popular in the world of like, if it's so successful? And I know, I know I've had personal successes and I know a lot of people who have as well. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, it's just something that happens on the fringes, especially in the West. But everyone seems to know someone who's had success with it, but it's just not practice. It's kind of frowned upon, I guess, like in the mainstream. How has it come to that? If it has, if it has success and you know that it's successful, like how has it come to the point where people just dismiss it? Uh, in China, it's actually quite popular. There are a lot of people using it because of the mentality of using these natural ways of healing. It existed 5,000 years. Why is not existing? Why is not working now? Uh, I believe it's the mentality of the people change. They are not, uh, they want their problems to be solved immediately. But natural medicine takes time to heal. Uh, and we are tackling the course of the problem of the of the sickness. So it really and it takes time to uh, heal that part of the body uh, to make the blood flow again, or to uh, reduce the dampness, or to uh, implement more blood into the body. And those core problems it takes a week, for example, or or even more to to replenish or to recover. So it, for modern people, they might think that uh, 
it's too slow or it's not effective uh, and they will just take a pill and then immediately after a few hours their symptoms go so i think it's based on the mentality of the people they change so it become less popular but nowadays after the after the pandemics actually more and more people are searching for natural medicine and chinese medicine i heard my friends in hong kong told me about after the pandemics they got even more clients because they will, they realized the importance of uh making themselves healthy so that they won't get sick yeah yeah so we also have a uh terms called prevent preventive medicine so people come to the clinic is not because they are sick because but because they want to be healthier so we see check what chi uh, or blood or or yin or yang what are they lacking and then we supplement them so it makes them a stronger uh being so that they were not getting sick that easily what do you mean by yin and yang uh yin deficiency or yang deficiency can you go into that um so in the healthy body yin and yang are balanced but if uh we lost too much liquid or blood the yin side yin is the liquid side or the uh something that is vis- visible in our body and yang are the energy so when we are losing too much sweat or or blood then the yin energy become lower and that's yin deficiency so when when that's the case then we need to supply more yin energy or or when people don't get enough sleep they also get yin deficiency because nighttime is yin and yang uh is the energy of the of the body when the when the person exhaust exhaust himself too much then he become lack of chi and for longer time if he's lacking of chi for more than like a few months then the yang energy also get become low and they will get cold easily or they have start to have pain over the body and and that's is yang deficiency so at that in that case then we will need to supply more yang and how do you supply more once that come in the form uh by acupuncture by herbal medicine or by uh improving their lifestyles uh yeah so many yeah there are many many ways so people who are overworked they're the kind of people who would benefit from ac- acupuncture yeah yeah of course that seems to make inherent sense because you see so many people in the west who seem to have huge benefits from it i mean yeah it's it's kind of a thing like in in london when i was living in london like a lot of people who are kind of like these business people types you know like really like all the time networking and doing business and stuff and there seems to be a culture as well there people also being into things like acupuncture that's actually how i first found mm-hmm. it was like a friend of mine well, I found out that I knew about it, but especially about the benefits of it. Really? It's like a friend of my mom who is definitely a very, very like businesswoman, like always working type bit. And she swore by it. She said, like, you know, acupuncture, she's like, how to cure. She was like, I've not seen anything you can't cure yet. <laughs> and, uh, and that was what kind of first got me interested in it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense that those people benefit. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I also believe that uh, when they realize that they cannot just take a bill and, and get 
everything fixed, then they will start to look into the source of the problem. And acupuncture and all, all the other kinds of natural medicine actually tackle the, the source of the problem right. and make the person more balanced. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I mean, I'd love to, to know more about this stuff, but it's just never, it's not really enough time to go into it all in, in a podcast. But I, the, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you specifically, and the, one of the reasons I found you so interesting is because you're, you're doing obviously like Chinese medicine, but you've also kind of paired it with plant medicine, which I'm assuming you've learned more from like the Americas, more from when you spent time in the Amazon and stuff. Yeah. And do you know of many other people who have kind of brought those two, I guess, what do you even call it? It's almost like these two healing methodologies mm-hmm. have been brought together. They seem to me to go hand in hand, like the way that you talk, right? It seems like plant medicine, you know, and um, this kind of a more holistic style of Chinese medicine go hand in hand. But I haven't, certainly I haven't met anyone else who does both. So I'm interested to know like, mm-hmm. what it's like, you know, first of all, are you, do you know other people doing it? And like how far spread is it? I, so far, I still haven't met any other person who combined these two modalities together. But I first found out that acupuncture or herbal medicine has its spiritual healing side in an accident. In the textbooks, we only study about the physical healing or a little bit of emotional healing or mental healing. But I never learned about spiritual healing by, by on, on textbooks. But one time when I put needles on a patient and he passed out, I was not worried because I've seen other people pass out, but, uh, but he's not dying. I, I check his pulse is still breathing, and but I immediately move, remove all the needles and wake him, woke him up. And he told me that oh, just that few needles, it brought him back to, because he was also a traveler, it brought him back to where his family was and he was having a dinner with his family. And it was just like in two minutes time. And I was really shocked by that accident that, wow, actually needles can also bring back memories or bring back, uh, bring his spirit, people's spirit to another dimension. So I gained more respect to, to the, to the, to Chinese medicine. And now I'm combining these two modality, modality together because I know Plant medicine is more healing the spiritual side. And I developed protocol of people who come with depression or OCD or PTSD. And I combine plant medicine healing and acupuncture and herbal medicine for them to, to benefit from both sides. Because I know that plant medicine is not a quick fix as well. It brings the person to a higher dimensions or higher conscious state to learn something and to heal some of these spiritual blockage. Um, but after a certain period of time, he or she came back to, to this reality. And how can he implement all these knowledge that he got from the spirit world into this modality and keep on healing his so, and then that, and then that's the time for uh, natural medicine or Chinese medicine to 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 take place and to continue the healing process. So you were saying before that you you think that there is a pairing of Western medicine with Chinese medicine that you can kind of 
have the Western medicine surgeries, et cetera, but then you can have the Chinese medicine to recover. But also that kind of paratine also exists with mm-hmm. psychedelics and plant medicines. And then you can use the Chinese medicine as well to kind of continue yeah. to heal. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I guess that's a good point and to start getting into the plant medicine stuff. So you mentioned that your first experience was ayahuasca experience. I think you said it was 2014. 16. 2016. Mm-hmm. So I guess what were your thoughts, first of all, before going into that? Like what were your preconceptions and then what was that experience like? Well, I came in the ceremony without expecting anything. I just opened up myself to to receive whatever message the medicine gave me. At that point of my life, I was still a nomad and I didn't have a place to to call home. And I'm just connecting with people around the world and see what we can do together. But it was not concrete. And I still carry some of my family traumas that I have been escaping for years. Um, and that was also one of my reasons to, to, to leave Hong Kong. And during those four ceremonies, I remember I connect a lot of these random things. I was seeing spirits during the ceremonies. Uh, some kids was like singing in the corner of my eyes. <laughs> and I saw a cat, uh, like doing something and, and that's not an actual thing. It was like in the spirit world. And I realized that I was opening up my senses, uh, and it's not just in this dimension. I was connecting with the spirits in other dimensions that come to my, my being and connecting with my soul to give me some message. And I, I did record myself after each ceremonies to talk about, uh, what I've seen and what I've learned in the med- in, in that ceremony. And sometimes I was still rewatch them to see how much I grow from, from that process to see if I'm implementing all these knowledge that I've learned. I think you, you said to me before that it is also possible to enter these states without any plant medicine, right? Like you yeah. can enter them mm-hmm. through meditation, through other means. Yeah. yeah I, I think some people look down on plant medicine as a way to get there. Cause some people say, oh, well, you know, like do it naturally or whatever, just like medicine, you know, I've never, I've never agreed with that. Cause I just kind of think, well, like the experience might be the same, but what's the problem with the, what's the problem with using the plant medicine? I mean, mm. They seem to operate with the human body like in in this way that why would we reject that i mean i think that any any kind of substance or any plant that you can have that interacts with your own consciousness in such a way to produce these like amazing kind of spiritual experiences i don't know why you would kind of like reject that or say oh well you know it's not it's not natural for me that's completely natural it's more natural than anything it's just like it's just like anything that kind of interacts with your own biology it's a natural thing Mm -hmm. Because I see the ways that our ancestors in, in the Americans, in South America or North America, they're using it for years as a way to heal some of these spiritual problems in the past. And they found these kind of herbs uh, hundreds of th- or thousands years ago that they have these uh, property of bringing our consciousness to another level. So I see them as a natural way, but I also see that they are not, they, they don't liberate us. They are a tool to 
upgrade or elevate our consciousness to a higher level. Uh, but after that ceremonies, we come back. After the medicine, our consciousness will already like improve a little bit. So we come back not as as the same level as before the ceremony. No matter what you have learned, I can ensure that our conscious level will be already a little higher than before. But how can we maintain our growth or keep our conscious level high in in the same level as we are in plant medicine? I believe that it's it takes other spiritual practices like meditation, like yoga, like uh, self-reflection or journaling, all these kind of practices that can bring us gradually our soul to reach that level without the plant medicine. So plant medicine was a, is a tool to make people see it's possible to, to feel like that or to think like that or to connect with the with the universe like that without all these social condition thing or conditioning of we are actually we, we are crazy or why we are thinking like that or we are why we are acting like that but to to a certain extent that we we are slowly uh, building up our consciousness to to reach that level by this spiritual practice interestingly you put journaling in there i can understand like medicine being in that same category but journaling i wouldn't necessarily put it there what is it about journaling that helps us to connect with that it's a reflection and we put all our all our thoughts all our learnings into paper into words and that's really important because every day we have hundreds or thousands of thoughts and we kind of let them come and go, come and go for a few minutes. But a lot of these thoughts are actually messages from the sphere world or instincts that we think, oh, it's possible to, to feel like that or, or oh, I, I can actually uh, react like that. But all these thoughts, if we kind of let them just come and go, then it's not a a learning process to see how much we can expand and how much we can grow. So I believe writing them down in papers, it's a way for us to to see how, how much we can grow. Oh, that's interesting. So do you carry around like a pen and paper and you write down all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just simply recording myself in a video. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going back to the Going back to the plant medicine stuff, you've done that. We've done the um, the ayahuasca ceremony, and, and obviously been like a profound ceremony. But by the way, just on that note, when I recently had my ayahuasca ceremony, I think I was telling you about it before. Like I didn't see anything. Like I, I didn't have any kind of visuals. Is it expected that you do have visuals, or is it just some people do and some people don't, uh, or is it based on ceremony? Could it seem like during my ceremony? Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone had visuals during it. Everyone seemed to have a kind of a similar experience. Like, and it was still, there was a lot of depth to it, mm. but there wasn't visuals. So, mm. but yours is obviously like, I don't know, very, very profound, like since you, you actually saw spirits and stuff. So what's, um, what's that about? Like, why do some people seem to have it and some people don't? So ayahuasca in particular is the brew 
of two things, ayahuasca vine and uh, chakrona leaves. And according to the ratio of these two plants, it makes the brew different each time that we use. So the DMT was the one uh, in chakrona leaves that gave us visual. And the ayahuasca vine uh, are the inhibitors in our gut. Okay. But it also brings us um, a spiritual experience of connecting to our ancestor or connecting to whatever spirits. But it's not particularly seeing visuals. So it's really depend on, on the ratio of the brew that the, the person prepare that. So now I'm, I'm not using ayahuasca because I believe the plants needs to be local in order to have the biggest effect or the most beneficial effect. So now in Mexico, I'm using Tebescoite, which is also a plant with DMT. And I mix it with Syrian root seeds, which is the inhibitor. And I cook my own medicine uh, every time before I perform the ceremony. Because I believe that by preparing the medicine, I also put in the healing energy. I was chanting, I was playing songs during the process of cooking. And that's also a criteria, a spiritual, spiritual uh, part of the medicine of preparing the medicine leads to different outcome for the ceremony. Right. Okay. So I feel like we've missed a, a gap here because we've gone from you making the medicine and like straight from having this first ayahuasca experience. So after that first experience, what was that like? Were you immediately like, okay, plant medicine is something that I want to do and I want to make a big part of my life? Or did it take a few more kind of touches until that happened? Like what were your thoughts coming out of it? Well, uh, after 2016, uh, I, re I remember the medicine really taught me to, to be grounded. Ayahuasca is a plant that is more grounding. That's why from 2017 to 2019, I was, I was actually having a home in Malta in Europe. And I believe that is one of the lessons from, from the ceremonies that Oh, I, now it's time for me to be grounded. And I was worried about all the things that how can I make a living? How can I create a community or how can I connect with people? But all these things were solved by, by the medicine. It just flow. I trust the medicine, which is make everything happen on its own. And it worked out perfectly from the. 2017 to 2019, I was living really happily in Malta and doing my works, especially in yoga. I was not uh, giving any plant medicine at that moment. I was not called to that, but I was self uh, doing some self ceremonies of mushrooms. So at that period of time, I was growing my own mushrooms and and taking them from time to time to to expand myself to and especially to heal my my inner child is i believe these different medicines have different qualities some uh, ayahuasca and tibescoite 
and they are the feminine side. They are the abuelas, the grandmother medicine. So they are healing the the feminine lineage or uh, helping us to let go, helping us to just go with the flow. And then the mushrooms are in in Mexico. It's called Nino Santos, so it's the sacred child. And I use that to heal a lot of my childhood traumas or wounds and to make my inner child more happy and more enjoy whatever comes to my life. And, and then another two medicine, the, the cactuses, peyote uh, or San Pedro's, they are the grandfather medicine to help us to create boundaries, to create a goal. And then uh, another medicine that I'm using, uh, Bufal, right now, is the one about duality and connect us with the universe, connecting us with our past lives or our ancestors. So different medicines have different qualities, and you will need to consult with the practitioner or facilitator to see which one is the one that you need because you cannot just randomly take one you will experience a bad trip or i tried a few times peyote and it really gave me a bad trip and it can be because the facilitator was not careful enough but it also can be that i don't need the medicine right now i don't need this uh grandfather energy at this moment it might come in a few years time but now i'm not doing Beyonce or San Pedro at all, because it just doesn't resonate with my my soul calling. Okay, can you can you talk to us about that bad trip? Because people kind of interpret these differently. I mean, I've had a bad trip of my own, and at the time in that moment, I was like, "This is this is just a trip. It was bad. It was awful. It was a bad experience. I shouldn't have had it." And I kind of closed the door for a little while. But actually, I realized. In retrospect, like when like thinking back on it now, I actually think that that was probably the most important trip I've had in my life. I know that other people have said the same thing. You've had these bad trip experiences that like no trip is a bad trip. A bad trip might just be a very powerful trip that takes you a while to fully process. So interested to know your thoughts about that. Well, I use the term bad trip because it's just like the trips that is not comfortable and it's not what you expected or you didn't get the lessons at that moment. So peyote gave me a lot of confusions and I didn't know what is real and what is not real. And for me, it's giving me a, a tons of questions rather than giving me the answer. And I, I'm still processing them. Yes. Um, and I was even during the, the peyote ceremony, I was seeing spirits, I was seeing Everybody become monkeys. And I was like, are they real? <laughs> I was like, all the peoples become monkeys. <laughs> so I didn't know what, what was going on in my mind. It's kind of like confused. But also, it also now reminds me that the, yes, yeah, the facilitators, mentors, and the places matter too. It's all the Beotes and I did it in the jungle. And Beyote is not in the jungle, it's in the desert. That's why it's kind of like confused me. 
the medicine is not from this, from that place. And that's why all these free trips of peyote, I was not getting what the spirit wanted me to get, what my spirit was expected. But if I'm going to do the peyote again, I would definitely go to the, go to the desert and do it because it will help. It would definitely connect with the spirit of that land. And I, I, I think it's really important. Right. Okay. That, that was really interesting what you were just saying there about not knowing what was real. That was, that was probably the biggest thing that I would say for my trip as well, but to find it for this, you know, quote about quote bad trip. Mm. I actually thought that I had maybe died and was re-experiencing a past, like not even a past life, but maybe a memory, but I felt like this wasn't, re this wasn't really me. I, I wasn't here in this world. And that this experience I was going through, and I, I had this real impending feeling that something really bad was going to happen very imminently, that maybe I died in this moment and I was having flashback to my own death. Mm -hmm. But I certainly did not think this was real life. I thought the place that my consciousness was was the real place. Yeah. And I was having some kind of a physical body experience here. And maybe that is the truth. You know, maybe that actually is the truth, but it didn't feel like the truth was being told to me in a very kind way it felt like the truth was being kind of like slapped across my face maybe so mm -hmm. yeah it, interesting to hear that you had a similar experience there with painting so so you haven't done it since you just have one experience and then i have three experience oh okay so you, every time it was similarly mm -hmm. oh interesting okay so tell me about the time that you were in the the amazon and you spent a while there right yeah. like learning a few months yeah a few months so you were learning the songs you were learning to presumably like actually grow the ayahuasca or cultivate the ayahuasca and then mm -hmm. to take part in these ceremonies and stuff. And presumably you were also doing the ceremonies very regularly, like every day or every every night or every night. Yes, start from your decision to go there. I don't even know how that looks like. like. How did you even find yourself in the Amazon? And then what was that time like? So during the, the pandemic, I was in Brazil. And after traveling along the coast of Brazil, I, I still have a few months and I don't know where to go. And I suddenly remember that, oh, I have a friend in, uh, in Spain that he told me that he was in the Amazon jungle learning with this lady who is like 80 years old, uh, about ayahuasca. And I contacted my friend in Spain and he gave me the, uh, the information of this lady, but he said, this lady is living in like really inside the jungle. So it's quite hard to find her. Well, before I took the boat, like a big boat, uh, along the Amazon river, I contacted his son to kind of pick me up somewhere. And in the boat, somebody stole my phone. Stole my phone. Yeah. <laughs> so I was. I was having no phone and no numbers, no contact. So I just talked to the letter said, okay, now I'm going to find this master. And I believe that if we are meant to connect, we will connect anyway. So I'm just keeping my trust and keeping my peace calm during this boat trip. It's still like it took around a week to go from Manaus all the way to, to where she lives. 
uh, along the river. So we didn't go out from the, from the boat. We're living in the boat for like the whole week. And once I arrived, I just went to cross the border to the Colombian side and then ask people if they know this lady or not. And they do because she is quite a famous healer in, in that area. So the motorbike driver just drove me to the, to the village and, and dropped me right outside her house. And when I knocked the door, she did, she actually didn't know that I'm coming. <laughs> so she didn't prepare any rooms or anything for me. And I asked that, yeah, uh, my friend Aito uh, recommend me to meet you and to learn about the medicine. And she was very happy because during the pandemic, nobody visited her. So for that few months, I was living with her in her house. Live, uh, sleeping on the hammock the whole few months and we're doing the ceremonies every night. Sometimes I go with her or with her son to, to the jungle to harvest the medicine. And they told me that nowadays, because the demand of ayahuasca is so high, it's very difficult to find ayahuasca. They're growing chakruna in their garden. But they need the, the inhibitor, which is the ayahuasca vine, which is very hard to find now in the jungle because everybody's cutting them. But her son knows exactly where we can find, so we, we find them all the time. And uh, every time we bring, up, bring back a bunch of ayahuasca vine and then mixing with chakruna, we're cooking them for the whole day. It takes more than 10 hours to cook the brew. And I was watching the fire the whole time. And sometimes we're singing and sometimes we, yeah, we pray to the, to the medicine in order to heal the people who are, who, are, who is going to take it. So after that, during the night, we drink the medicine. Sometimes it's just me and her and her son. And sometimes there are people coming, uh, her, her clients coming. She's a healer in that village. So she will have clients coming in uh, and try the medicine. And I learned a lot from her, how to sing the songs, how to conduct the ceremonies, how to pray and to take care of people who are not feeling well. Uh, during the ceremony, a lot of people puke, uh, some go to diarrhea or some, but not crazy because we are taking it every night. Uh, the dosage is not a full trip dosage. So every ceremony lasts around three, four hours and they will go to bed. But the whole few months that I lived with her, I felt like I was living in, I was not living in Jericho. I was living in another dimension and everything just flow and happens. And, and I'm, I'm truly grateful for that time to to connect with her and connect with the spirit world. And it really opens up my healing modality to, to access to other parts of me, which I was already doing it in my past life. And then I, now I just need to relearn or remember and it just flow. So I, after that period, they do a 
like small initiation ceremonies. And, and I was able to conduct the ceremony by myself. I just want to take a quick break here to remind you about supporting the podcast on the Fountain app. If you haven't heard of Fountain before, Fountain is an awesome podcast app which you can get on both iOS and Android. You can get all episodes of the Staying Free podcast on the Fountain app. And this is also a place where you can say thanks by giving some stats with a comment. So this is called a boost on the Fountain app and this is all part of the value for value concept. So if you're getting value from this podcast, send me a boost there with a comment and I will read it on the next show. It's super easy to get started on Fountain. Just download the app and you can top up your Fountain wallet either by sending Bitcoin on the Lightning Network or even just by using a bank card. And it's also worth mentioning you can also earn stats by listening to Fountain and being an active member of the community. So if you want to find out more, you can go to fountain.fm. But otherwise, just go into the App Store, download the app now and start using Fountain and getting involved with the Value for Value community. Any way that you guys can support me is hugely appreciated, but I'm especially trying to push Fountain right now because I definitely see Value for Value as the future of podcasting and one of the best ways to support content creators. All right, let's get back to the episode. So you mentioned that during that time you were connecting with past lives or you you were connecting with something and you were on another dimension and i think you said something about there was something in your past life that you were supposed that you were you were connecting with what you were supposed to do here in a sense yeah can you just tell me more about that because you know i'm really interested in this i'm really interested in how ayahuasca especially can help people to actually be guided towards their purpose in some sense I know that like with my ayahuasca experience, although I didn't have the visual side of it, I certainly had a huge amount of clarity coming out of it on what I needed to do to kind of like move my life forward to the next level. I realized what was holding me back. I realized I had these roadblocks and obviously like, you know, you're supposed to go in there with an intention and I went in there with an intention. And when I came out, it wasn't so much that I felt like I even necessarily was like, ah, this is exactly how I need to do it. It was more just that I felt like I had a new confidence to actually do it. It was like, I knew really what I needed to do, but all of a sudden through the plant medicine, it helped me to connect with the confidence to do that. Mm-hmm. And with what you were saying there, spending the time in the jungle, it sounded like you were having a huge connection with something to do with your past life. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to say, first of all, like if you can kind of like paint that picture of how that operates, but also like the whole past life con- just thing as a general concept, is there some lineage of our lives that we are supposed to be following and that people kind of like become shaken off that path. Like, I just want to know your, your general thoughts about that idea as well. Well, I believe in our human brain, we are just using like 10 to 15% of our brain capacity. And I believe plant medicine or secret medicine actually make our energy flow to other 80% of our brain to remember things that we are actually was and and it did help me to connect with some of these memories that i was reliving it and seeing myself as a aztec healer seeing myself as a fish seeing myself as an eagle seeing myself as a warrior in the world so different things i was seeing those pictures during the ceremony and you can literally tell if I'm just imagining a picture or I can really feel that that was me. There's really big difference. If I'm, I'm just creating pictures, I don't have that emotions. But when I'm knowing that, oh, that warriors was me. And I immediately connect with all these emotions that I was having, I was living that life. 
So it happens many, many times during ceremonies when I was seeing or closing my eyes and seeing those pictures. And I feel like, wow, that was actually me in one of my lives. And I was experienced that. And I reconnect with that life and learn the lessons or retrieve all these information from, from, from him or her. And I bring them all back to this life. And it's, yeah, it starts to unfold itself. I can say uh, that a lot of things just come natural because I was doing it before. And like I said, I was a healer. So I, I did retrieve a lot of information or a lot of uh, ways to heal people connecting with those past life. And I also had a few ceremonies that I was connecting with aliens. I cannot see his face, but he was just like something here, like a smoke or some spirit. And, and I feel the connection with that thing. And he was teaching me, uh, some, something, some modalities of healing that I, I can implement. I can do it. A very distinct example was. I connect with that aliens and he taught me or she taught me that I can just heal by intentions. I don't actually do need to do anything, but when I, before, right before I put my hands on my patient, but my intention is the most important that I want that healing to take place. So those things I learned from, from these spirits and past lives. Do you have any concept of how many past lives there are or, or how many past lives there were, or is it just like everybody's different? I really don't know how much, how many lives I have lived, but more than, I think more than fifties. I wonder whether one day you'll have a plant medicine ceremony in another life and you'll remember this life. Yeah. Or maybe you already have, you know, like. I sometimes wonder, especially when I'm having psychedelic experiences, I, I question the chronology of time a lot. Like, yeah. you know, we think about these things as being past lives, mm -hmm. but maybe they're future lives. Maybe this is a past life and, and in another ceremony, you've, you've perhaps already had this, this lesson once, you know? Yeah, um, because time is just illusions for me. It's created by people. In the spirit world, there's no time, there's no space. And everything can happen in the same time. So when I was in those moments or in those, uh, dimensions, I could easily access to those part of me that was, that was me or that will be me. So as you, as you said, yeah, some of, some of those can be my future lives too. Mm -hmm. And so obviously you, you have this, um, this kind of experience, this ayahuasca experience, and then you came to the end of it, you were capable of actually like administering the plant medicine and stuff. I know that you've, you've kind of gone on a journey since, since then as well, like into even more things, including like, I, I don't know how you would even term it, that the, the, the kind of sun dance and the moon dance stuff that you were talking about. 
I mean, I find that stuff like just on an absolute another level. And I know you've just done, is it the moon, moon dollars you went to? Ah, oh, you, that was one where you were just helping out, right? You were supporting. Yeah. But for the sake of the listeners who might never have heard this stuff before, and, I, and I'd never heard of it before I talked to you the other day, tell us about the sun and moon dances and, and how that kind of relates to all of this. So in Native Americans, we call these, uh, all these practices, the red path, Camino Rojo. And it includes the medicine, includes Temascal, uh, Sun Dance, Moon Dance, and Vision Quest, and more other things too. So all are under the big branch of Camino Rojo, the red path. And it's a path of kind of enlightenment or up or upgrading ourselves to to see more things more with more clarity so the sun dance and moon dance i participate in in the sun dance uh last year and i'm going to do it by the end of this month as well again it's a native american ceremony from the lakota tribe and they have been doing that ceremony for hundreds or thousands of years gathering a group of sun dancer in in the wild and we are experiencing four days four nights no eating and no drinking so it's a dry fasting process we need to commit to that during that four days we're dancing from the sunrise until the sundown uh, with a lot of songs with a lot of dance movements moving around the circles and it was the most profound experience, even more than than any medicine trips for me, because I was opening myself to to connect with the spirits there. There was a lot of ancestral spirit. They have been dancing in that land for for so many years, so I was connecting with those spirits. And I remember the first two days, I couldn't stop praying. I was just inside the circle i was just keep crying 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 and a lot of things just came out i i do know that those are not my sadness those are other people's or other spirit sadness but they were using my body to in order to release that and i was allowing them to do that because i don't i know they're not harming me they were just using my body to to do whatever they need to release and I was into the ceremonies, dancing, dancing. Uh, since we're not eating and we're not drinking, our body feel more lighter and lighter day by day. And I connect a lot with the wind spirits, which is my name, because it was really hot in under the sun and keep dancing for the whole day. When the wind comes, it gave me a little bit of comfort. But when the wind's not coming, it was we were just like, oh my god, dehydrating and very very tired. Oh, you're dying. You you. I mean, after four days, I mean, it sounds to me like you you pretty, you know, you've definitely started the process of dying up if you don't drink for you more know. days. I mean, it's a kind of like a near death experience also. But all the warriors were so there's this we were so strong, so nobody fainted as much as. As I remember, nobody nobody collapsed. We were just uh, encouraging each other. When somebody was feeling tired, was feeling sleepy, we just encouraged them to keep dancing. I remember by the end of the ceremony, I 
my body was so exhausted, but my spirit was really, really in bliss. I was really tired, but I was in a trance. So I was keep, just keep dancing, keep dancing, keep dancing. But I forgot about this body. I was in another world. So it brought my spirit into a trance by the method of exhaustion. And that's uh, one of the main purpose of the whole ritual. And we are praying the whole time by our, by our movements, by our songs, by our prayers. We believe that uh, we are dedicating all these prayers to the world so that the people that we remember will get our, that will get our prayers. Yeah, get our blessings. And during that time, do you also have any kind of a visual experience? Um, I was, there are quite some magical things happen. Um, so before we go, we, before we start dancing, we went to a Temescal. And also after dancing for the whole day, we went to another Temescal as well. So Temescal is the sweat lodge that we sweat inside, uh, with prayers, with singing, but in a Womb, like a round shaped dome, uh, which is totally dark inside. And I remember around third or fourth day when I went inside the Temescal, I went because we could only walk clockwise. So I, I was one of the first to went to go inside and I sat quite next to the door. And then other Sundancer came came in. It was around like 60, 70 people came in the same Temescal. And we were sitting very close to each other. So there were no room to, to move. And once everybody got in, they closed the, the door. So total darkness inside. We cannot see anything. And then they start singing, drumming and singing. So I joined them singing and drumming after four songs we only do one door uh, because of there's so, so many people after four songs when they open the door i saw the door in front of me and i was sitting opposite to the wind to the to the door and i didn't remember i stand up and walk there i was already feeling some kind of disoriented in that moment that i didn't know if my body moved or the whole Temescal moved. So I went outside and talked to the people there, telling them that I experienced these things. I was not sitting there, but then when they opened the door, I was sitting in a neck and uh, then in another position. They explained me that that's telepathy, that the spirit was moving me without me noticing. And I said, wow. Okay, so that's possible. And then when I came back, I did some research and I really believed that it was possible. That our ancestors in the Atlantis, in the Numerians, they were able to do that. But due to these social conditionings, since the Egyptians and the Romans and all these conditionings, making us to feel that that's impossible. You're crazy to think like that. And I believe when 
we are really in touch with the spirits and we, and ourselves become really light, we will be able to reconnect with all these knowledge from the from our ancestors, like telepathy or like remote viewing or astral travels. They're all possible. I believe that they are all able to be trained to do that, but we need to be really detached from this world. So food is one of them and water and then all these relationships, attachments and material things. When we can slowly, slowly detach from all these, we gain the freedom of moving around like spirits. And that's, that's a really big realization after the Sundance for me that, oh, I realized that this is bringing me heavy to this world. And so now I'm practicing fasting was, uh, I guess I'm going to do the sun dance in three weeks again. So now I'm practicing fasting at least once a week, dry fasting, no food, no water to prepare myself for the, for the ceremony again. Yeah. So. I'm really interested in some stuff that you just said there about the idea that you cannot, that, that some of these things are possible. And especially you mentioned like Atlantis and some areas and stuff. I didn't know too much about that until this year. I started doing a little bit of research onto this kind of whole like ancient, ancient civilization stuff. And it got me thinking exactly like you said, that maybe we've just been like hmm. kind of moved away from our spiritual center through so much like, I don't even know what you call it, like, not necessarily just propaganda, but also just kind of societal expectations and whatever it is that people now are just living like completely different. I really sense this is true because when people, you kind of look at the world today and like so many people, you know, they're like really, really depressed and they're tense and they have like a lot of like health issues and things and, and all these things exist. And I think that a lot of that is just to do with being out of alignment with your spiritual core, basically. Now I have like absolutely no proof of that but i sense that there's some truth there yeah and i mean just to know what you think like what first of all what you think about that and also like what is it that's changed throughout all of these generations since our ancestors that have made us so so kind of like spiritually like closed up uh labels or identities that the society gave us or we gave ourselves nationalities I don't, be I believe there's no nationality, like in the Atlantis time, everybody's Atlantis. There's no nationalities. So all these things is just an example. All these things bring us close to the earth, ground ourselves, that we belong to here, or we belong to uh, this community or that community. And even just that small labels, I believe that create a great impact on our, on our mind that we believe that we belong to this earth, but actually we are, we are just free roaming souls that we can just go everywhere we want. Yeah. Cause I know when, when we talked last, you said like, you know, that you're all about freedom and stuff. And I think that we both agree that like freedom and freedom of spirituality, they're very like connected. And that's kind of why I think like. I like having conversations like this because I think that if you don't connect with your spirituality in any way, I think you're just like so much easier to fall for whatever the psyop is. It's like you just get pulled into that thing because you just believe it all and you don't like recognize like who you really are. And I think like going on that journey of being like, okay, who am I and what am I is like super important. 
And I think that, like plant medicine is just have a, a huge part to play in that because they kind of connect you with something that's like, okay, like this world that you think you're living in, that's, you know, like very organized and ordinary, actually like all that kind of like comfort blanket could just be pulled from under, under you and it could be like, okay, this is actually what it's like. You know, you've got all these like past lives, you know, there's, you can connect with aliens, you can, yeah. you know, like there's all of this like amazing things, which is kind of like scary and daunting for some mm. people. But I find to be, if you really like go into it, like honesty and with truth and look at it, I don't know, you can be humbled by it, but that process can be amazing. I mean, I had a, an experience, it was actually like doing LSD. I had an experience where I'd gone into this museum. This guy had, had like a museum the place where I was doing it. It was just a kind of like hobbyist museum. So he just had a bunch of like random stuff. He had like motorbikes and generally like machinery, like either machines or like vehicles and things like that. They were from ages ago, you know, from, from like hundreds of years ago. And he had like an iron in there. It was like, a, you know, an iron that you do your clothes with. And um, I looked at the iron and I could see the kind of like shimmers of, I guess like, you know, the shimmers of light or whatever, just coming off the bits of rust on this iron because it was so old. And I kept looking at the iron. It just looked really, really interesting to me. And I kept looking. And over time, everything kind of faded out and went to black, except for the little like shimmers from the roots. And all of a sudden, I was basically like viewing the entire galaxy from another mm. location. It was just like I was looking at everything. I could see just all the stars. And it was like a telescope had been flung into space. Yeah. And even though I kind of knew I wasn't there, I also kind of sensed that this is what we are. Like we, ca- we, we come in from like the stardust and you can actually reconnect with that, you yeah. know, and yeah. um, you can have these profound experiences that reconnect you with something which is incredibly empowering. I think mm-hmm. if you know about what you are, yeah. you know who you are, and you know, like your true nature, this life, it becomes in a way less significant. You just think, okay, well, what does it matter? You know, like people who just say, okay, well, I'm just going to go and like work all my life and earn as much money as possible, but I'm not really happy. And I'm, you know, kind of like settling with the wrong person. You know, maybe they've made all these decisions in their life to just try and get through it. Mm. I think that that goes away when you truly connect with like plant medicine. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just interested to know also what you think about that idea. That just that the idea that freedom you can you can have so much freedom in this in this physical world by fighting for it. You know, I'm all about that. You know, if you want to fight fight against the the latest thing or great, you know, whatever it is that's tyrannizing you, you have to you have to be connected with the the present. But I also think that taking that level up is come into that spiritual yeah. like awakening. That is actually probably the most free experience you can have. I believe freedom doesn't need to be fight. If we fight for freedom, that's some freedom given by an authority. I fight for freedom for LGBT community because I'm begging the government is going to free us. But the really real authentic freedom comes from our mind. We don't need to fight for that. We just need to shift our mindset into freeing ourselves. And like the Buddhist meditation, I practice Vipassana uh, meditation, I practice Zen meditation. And they taught me a lot about shifting the mind to free myself. I don't need to engage in all these society of what they think about me or what they will give me freedom because I don't need to, I don't need to count on them for that freedom I can create by myself. And yes, prime medicine is a way to make me access, access to that freedom 
but the meditation technique is also very important for me to realize or keep reminding myself that I'm, I can free myself by just changing my mindset that I feel like I don't need to belong here or I can because I still need to take care of this body. But I, I tell people that half of my time I'm living in other dimensions and I'm taking care of other things, <laughs> not just this body. Because I know that this is not the only reality. But a lot of people put too much focus, too much attention to this reality. And they forgot about 99% of, of who they are. And that's why they keep coming back. Because they think that this is important. Uh, that creating financial wealth is important. Or creating relationships are important. But I learned from plant medicine and from meditation that when I'm connecting with the source, I don't need to worry about all these things. It will just happen naturally and I'm just going with the flow, with the path that I'm supposed to be to keep realizing who I am and I'm doing my path, my part also to, to awake more people that come across my path and and that's what I'm doing and I'm, I can now distinguish what are the heavy energy that brings me down and what I can do to counteract them that liberates me. That's interesting yeah it's almost like through these practices you actually become more aware of those things that do and don't make you more free anyway because yeah. it's like like you said you could become more in touch with with that energy because I really like there's so many things that I think that people, they, they just take for granted, but actually like when you open your mind, you realize that some things are inherent within your life. You're like, oh, wow, this thing is weighing me down or whatever. So it's like, if you want to become free, connecting with that spirituality and actually, yeah, you know, it's super important. I know, I know I need to do it. You have to do it more and actually become in touch with that energy. Do, do you think that the world is swinging back into this kind of direction of becoming more in touch with stuff like holistic medicine? Or do you think we're going the other way? Because it almost feels like we, for me, this is my belief and I'm interested to know whether you agree or not, is that like during those COVID years, you know, like 20, 2020, 2021, that was like peak disconnection, mm -hmm. like peak disconnection with, I guess like peak disconnection with spirit in some way. And that since then, we've kind of bounced off a wall in, in a sense, like a lot of people kind of saw that and just said, okay, like, this is just not a world I want to live in, this world of, you know, everyone just kind of having to, you know, treating each other like they're walking biological diseases and, you know, like, wearing masks everywhere and kind of, like, covering the face and just becoming so in that fear mentality. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've hit a wall and mm -hmm. then we've started to kind of move back. And the, the next few years, I think it's almost like a slingshot. It's been pulled back and we're going to have, like, a catapult towards things like plant medicine and towards things like holistic health, et cetera. Do you see that as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I see that in the last few years, it was like a challenge for humanity to shake off our fear. And I do see quite a, num uh, a number of people, more and more people awakened from that experience, even though in that period they were experiencing seeing that fear. But when they see how the medias manipulate us, how the government is treating their people, then they start to wake up. And I believe 
they must go through those speed bumps in order to see that, to yeah. see, oh, that's not the truth. That's actually bringing more dark side of humanity than that what we are evolving into. So I believe that humanity is moving towards a more awakening and more conscious level that more people are start to wake up. Yeah, it's, it, it seems it seems to me like I, I expect that to to happen more and more. And you know, I think it's a good thing. I think that we we have to get there somehow. And I agree that sometimes you just have to go through. If anything, I would say like in every case, you have to go through hard times in order to yeah. in order to have these experiences. And it's almost like you could see plant medicine as being like a microcosm of this because it's like you know sometimes if you you're on these experiences, like for instance with the the sun and moon dancing, it's like you are putting yourself to the brink of death. You're you're putting yourself through exhaustion. You're putting yourself through extreme suffering. And through that, you get to a point of saying, ah, I've suffered so much that I've transcended the suffering. Yeah. I've suffered so much that now I'm free. Now my spirit's yeah. free. Yeah. And I actually think that that happens as well at a kind of societal level. It's like, we need to suffer because when we get too comfortable, yeah. you know, if everything is going right and we have everything given to us and everything's easy, mm. you just kind of like descend into a state of, tyranny in some in some sense you don't even realize it's happening it's happening it's slow wearing away but then eventually you're like oh i'm in a cage you know and then you kind of come back from that yeah absolutely mm. so what's next for you the the sundance is the next thing for, yeah like coming next week how many times have you done it now? next month will be my second time so uh once you go one time you're that you are actually dedicated to to form at least four years or multiples of four because in the tradition of native americans they honor the four direction the four races the four winds the four gods in in the four directions so we kind of are better to go in the number of four so now i'm dedicated to go for the next three years to accomplish that four and if I want to do it again, uh, after that four years, I need to do four more years. <laughs> Are you nervous? You know, last year when I went there, I was not prepared. I didn't know, I don't know what's going to happen. And I just keep crying, crying, crying and releasing and let the spirit connects, uh, with whatever comes to me. Uh, but this time I'm going more prepared because I, I know what's going to happen. What I would do better than last year is I'll create some boundaries for these spirits to come into my body. Because last year, even after I returned home, I couldn't stop crying for like a week. And my brother saw me was just sitting in the living room crying, crying, crying. I, I said, I just cannot control <laughs> that sadness is still here. Uh, so I, what I would do better is creating boundaries for this period and just talk to them and say that, yes, you can use my body for some period of time, but not that long because I need to work. I need to come back to this life and I can pray for you guys to, to liberate your sadness, your, your emotions. Um, yeah, but I, I will eat to create boundaries with them. Yeah. I feel like as well, that process of, of crying when you have that, I think that's an important process for people to go through. I think that's another thing that's been lost that psychedelics can help me to access. I mean, mm -hmm. like, 
I know that when I had my my kind of first like serious psychedelic experience, I hadn't cried for like years before that. Like at all. it was like there was a blockage there. There was something that was not allowing that emotion to come out. And that psychedelic experience brought down this barrier inside of me. It kind of dissolved it. Yeah. And I was able to cry and I was like, man, so much came out of here. And also like with the ayahuasca, the purging is a big, big part mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Like when I was having that experience, I actually felt like what I was purging was, was some kind of locked up emotion that I've like had stored in my body for a long time. It, I mean, it felt like it came seriously deep. It wasn't just like, you know, I don't know whether I'm just I'm unique in a sense, but or whether you agree, but like with ayahuasca, when you're purging, it's not like being sick, you know, like, oh, I've had some, I've had something bad to eat, like I've drunk too much, like I'm being sick. This is like coming from so, so deep in your core. You feel like something has gone out into your entire body yeah. and then it's come back and packaged it up. Yeah. And it's like, it's been there for years. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. It's negative energy that stores in your body for a long, long, long time that it come up. Uh, I had an experience administrating Buford to one of my clients. And I already know that he has great, deep fear of dying. And I told him that you might experience this fear, but don't worry, I'm here to make sure that you don't pass out or whatever. Once he smoked the, the medicine, he started panicking and he thought that I was going to kill him when I was sitting with him. And he thought, he told me, can I not do it and come back and i said once you have smoke it it cannot be stopped but after a while you will come back don't worry but he was still releasing that fear but that was a actually a really good moment for people to release any kind of stuck emotions not before the because it's so intense in the first few minutes it brings up so many things because it's a near-death experience the 5-MeO-DMT that is inside our brain. So people cry, cry, cry if they have a lot of regrets or guilt inside or anger. I saw people super angry, yelling and screaming or fear. So I was allow I allowed them to to release those emotions stuck that are stuck in their body for in the first few minutes. And I'm just holding space for them to release. And after that period of time, they slowly come back, calming down, and then experience a like bliss. And they were able to connect with with the universe, feeling everything is one, feeling I'm actually I'm part of the tree. I'm part of this water. So that's a moment that you feel oneness with everything. And you can also connect with your past life at those moments. So even even releasing emotions like fear and things like that, actually, it's not a bad thing. It's just that that emotion needs to come out yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And plant medicine gives you that tool to release that. One more big question before I round things off. Just because, you know, you... You've gone places, you know, like you've done things, you've gone places. And I always like asking deep questions to people who have done that. What, what do you think happens when we die? First of all, I guess, what do you think the process is of the actual process of dying itself as a, as an experience in life? Do you yeah. think that, because I, I have a, a suspicion that the process of dying might be the most um, profound experience we ever have in our entire lives is mm -hmm. the actual process of dying and that 
rather than us thinking of dying as being something that we should be afraid of or try to avoid actually going into it and realizing, you know, this is the most amazing experience ever would be probably a good thing if people looked at it more like that. Obviously, if you hold that belief. And then second of all, like, where do you think it would go after we died? Like, what's, what's your just general meditations on death? Mm-hmm. Well, I like to use the Buddhist concept in this question that there's no death and there's no birth. We just transform. So from life to life, we're just transforming from one state into another state. It can be from a human body into another human body or a human body into a tree or an animal into a human body. So we just transform. And a lot of us decide, I believe, when we die, we have the choice to see if the next life we carry those memories into our next life. A lot of us decide not to, to start ramming. And that's why we come back and we don't remember anything. So after we die, I believe we'll come back, a lot of us, if we are not blatant. So we'll come back, keep coming back into this, the samsara, with the early, to improve ourselves, our soul, into a higher state of consciousness. And if it comes to one life that we become enlightened, then we come up on this wheel and we go living in that higher dimension forever. I also believe that this is not my last life. I still have work to do for myself, for other people. So I I will come back. Possibly I will come back uh, in another form. But to uh, to gain back those memories from the past, I believe the medicine could help to remember what we are. And then from those background of what we are, we can keep working on how to improve that, how to release those emotions. Because I believe a lot of people were warriors, were soldiers, because the world has been so many wars in the past, and we all killed people in the past. How can we release those painful memories? And I was also doing that because in some of my medicine trips, I was seeing myself yeah, I have blood in my hands. I was killing these people. Yeah, death is actually in my hands. I can just kill these people. But how can I release those emotions and these memories into something better? Into something that can bring me enlightenment at the end. So I need to keep working on myself to release that into forgive myself to now to have compassion, more compassion, develop more compassion towards other beings, towards the nature, towards the animals. And that can help me, help my soul to reverse all these things that I've done in the past. Uh, And I believe that's the purpose of why we are here, to, to experience this, life and death, life and death. And if we can see that this is not a real thing, or this is just a process of transformation, we lost those fear. I could just die tomorrow. I don't, I don't know, I don't know when I'm going to die, but I'm prepared for that. 
If I die tomorrow, fine. Then I will come back in another form, continue my awakened journey in another form. But I, I really do hope that my, my next life, I will remember what I've learned and then keep working on that. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. I, do you have time for one more, one yeah. more question? What do you think God is? What does God mean to you? God, I believe everything is God. I believe there's a higher, uh, energetic feel of making everything happen this, the way it is. And that can be named God or the universe or the divine, but he gave his image into everybody. So even though this bigger energetic divine thing is called God, uh, but everybody has a glimpse of, or has a small piece of God as well. So we are God itself and we can create what we believe is for the evolution of the other mankind or of the whole being of the whole world. We have the power to, to manifest that. But something that is out of my control, I connect with the higher source, with the God or with the universe. Then I have no power to do this. Uh, how can I do this? But I would ask help from this God. That's why we pray. And I learned from, from my medicine trip that I can just connect with them and that gives me the power to manifest the way it should be or it, it is. And I don't need to do too much because it's out of my control. I don't need to fight for freedom or, or to do something against the government or whatever. But I just having my intention of what is good, what is good for this mankind. With that intention, I believe it's enough to, to change the world. Right. Okay. Thank you so much for this. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me in here <laughs> to have it in person as well. I guess, uh, just before we shut things down, do you want to just let people know where they can find you if they've got, you know, want to connect with you and ask you questions or, or whatever it is. And also obviously we're here in the clinic in Puerto Vallarta, so people are here, they can come. And you accept Bitcoin as well. So I yeah, know no. my list is yeah. Bitcoin, so they'll be, they'll be interested about that. But yeah, just let people know where they, where they can find you. Yeah, so I have my own clinic called Satisanda Medicine in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. So it's a holistic healing center for people to come for treatment or for ceremonies. And my Instagram is at travelbywind, T-R-A-V-E-L-B-Y-W-I-N-D. And you can connect me with there. And also I'm having that intention to create a online platform for people to share ideas or doing some healing on, on, on Zoom or whatever, but it's coming up soon. So I, I believe with that, I can connect with more people from all over the world too, that have the same yearning to to heal and to free themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'll definitely put the links those yeah. when you, if you have them now, put the links or if not, then let me know and I'll put yeah. the links where you got them. 
But yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot.